Test, test. Check, check. Okay. Ready? I am ready. Here we go. Hey yo, I'm CK and you're listening to Practice. I'm your functional systems integrator, and this is my podcast where practice is not just the theme of the show, but the whole purpose behind it. What started out as a practice of podcasting, as well as speaking in general, has evolved into a practice of self-coaching and self-reflection while espousing half-thoughts and providing unsolicited advice. As always, I'm fortunate to be joined by my practice partner and partner in life, Pam. Hey, that's me. Pam is also my Pattern Awareness Manager, and every Sunday we reflect on the past week and my progress with this practice, along with other lifestyle practices, as well as theories and ideas behind the virtues of practice itself. We're doing doing this on the fly, so don't hold me responsible for what I say here. Make sure to check out my show notes, where I'll provide some fact-checking, self-psychoanalysis, and commentary on things I could have done better. You may find this and more information about this project at forcesofequal.com slash practice. Today we're recording on Sunday, October 11th, 2020. This is practice session 33. (laughs) And already I'm stumbling right out of the gate. I don't know what's going on with my speech today, but do you think that your brain was still trying to do the old script? Ooh, very possible. Yeah. Yeah. And I might have gotten a little too comfortable with the intro in general and less mindful. So I'm just kind of not thinking about what I'm saying, I guess, as I'm saying mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see if we can improve on that. <laughs> <laughs> Getting sloppy. Yeah. But anyway, this week has been really weird for me. Like, I feel like we just recorded our last session yesterday. But at the same time, it feels like a long time ago. So, yeah, this weird feeling going on. And I don't know, I'm going through a lot of thought processes (laughs) this past week, so I'm kind of all over the place. But how about a quick evaluation for your week, Pam? (laughs) (laughs) Um, My week was pretty chill. Got into, you know, past the first week of the month that's always really busy for me. Kind of got back Mm -hmm. into the flow. Felt like I got some of my creativity back that had been... Um, waning for the last, I don't know, I would say six weeks. I started to get Hmm. into a little bit of a funk before my birthday in Hmm. mid-September. I feel like I'm starting to come out of that a little bit. So um, other than uh, physical issues and pains, Mm -hmm. I had a good week. Cool, cool. Any insight into why you were in a funk and how you're getting out? Um, oh, there's so many things. Um, yeah. there, there was, there's definitely some astrological things going on, but I don't feel like <laughs> I'm, um, fully equipped to speak about those. They're affecting everyone. So yeah. if everyone else maybe felt like they had been in a little bit of a funk for the last six weeks too, um, that could be why. But I think that, um, I had a lot of, um, dissonance between what I was spending my time on and what I wanted to spend my time on. So spending, you know, 
I have to continue, you know, working mm-hmm. and making a living while I'm feeling drawn to a lot of other projects. Right. And so, um, so that has been causing a lot of dissonance for me and also just really um, wanting to be ahead in, uh, in the future to where we're living somewhere else mm-hmm. and kind of like building the environment that we want to be in and a lot of that kind of stuff. So getting mm-hmm. out of that has just taken mindfulness practices and, yeah. um, you know, being present and understanding that you can't rush anything, that everything mm-hmm. happens in the time that it happens and that um, making yourself miserable right now doesn't make the future come any faster. Yeah. Good. Well, I mean, it doesn't (laughs) sound like it was anything too drastic or anything like that. Just slight trends. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I can see that. And I kind of have been experiencing something similar, but before I get into that, let's get the quote in for this week. Cool. And this is another quote from Lao Tzu. And I believe I quoted Lao Tzu last week as well. And I've been in on a Taoism kick lately. And I think we can go into that a little later. But here's the quote. Colors blind the eye. Sounds deafen the ear. Flavors numb the taste. Thoughts weaken the mind. Desires wither the heart. So, it's, the quote goes to say stuff that's along the same lines that we've been talking about the past couple weeks, and it's mainly to me in terms of how, as humans, we put boundaries on reality and we categorize things Mm. and... So, like the first line, colors blind the eye. So, and this kind of elaborates on what I was saying before when I was telling you how I've been decoupling my vision from my sight. When you're meditating. Right, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Or, I mean, I've been able to tap into that pretty much any time that I want to or any time that I'm mindful of it. But it's along those same lines where what you see is computed through your brain and output into or output by your brain with the constraints of the categorize the categories and the language and whatever whatever else you use to compute that information so Basically, things in reality are non, I mean, they're just things. And uh, this is going to be difficult for me to explain, I think, because it's pretty esoteric. But if you zoom out really far, things in reality are just things and we as humans with our cognitive abilities are able to label things and differentiate things from each other. And this is how we develop language and categories and notions and concepts out of these patterns that we observe. And 
So it's just, I'm just trying to explain how what's out there is constructed or seen by us. Well, uh, <laughs> what, what we see is constructed by our brains. So, uh, are, do you think you can come up with a better way to explain well, this? Yeah, so what I'm getting from that, and tell me if I'm getting this wrong, but what I'm getting mm -hmm. is that everything that we experience, whether it's seeing it, hearing it, feeling it, tasting it, whatever it is, everything that we experience, we are, um, we, it only has the meaning that it has because of the label that we put on mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Like, we we experience it as a certain way because of the the meaning that has been applied to it and that right. in reality nothing has an inherent meaning everything is a construct that we've put on it right yeah yeah there you go okay and i wouldn't necessarily say that it's the like the label that we put on it doesn't necessarily force the meaning that we get out of it but it highly influence it influences it mm -hmm. um and the reason that i want to clarify that is that you know there's some things and uh, i can't come up with an example but there are things like you know there's something else to something that but you can't explain it um i mean i I'm very familiar <laughs> with, with this, trying to explain all the abstract concepts in my mind, but uh, I'm not sure what I'm getting into anyway. <laughs> but but the point is, like, okay, so this just popped into my head. Let's just take the simple atom or chemistry and molecules and compounds, for example. If we get... Okay, so now we might get quantum with this, but... <laughs> Let's okay, let's stick with the atom. If we zoom down to the atom, atoms have protons, neutrons, electrons. Protons and neutrons are in the nucleus, and electrons are floating around orbiting outside. And every single atom has this character, has this structure. And all atoms are atoms. Mm -hmm. So there's that category of atoms. Now, if we zoom in a little further, there's different characteristics to these atoms. And as we observe them over time and observe a larger and larger data set, we can observe clearer patterns that develop with certain structures of atoms. And so this is how we can delineate between different elements. And so, you know, the hydrogen atom only has one neutron. <laughs> You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> Isn't it electron? And no, I think the they have varying numbers of electrons. Oh. And I don't know. Chemistry yeah. is not my strong suit. <laughs> I think the atomic number refers to the number of neutrons or uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing this on the fly so don't hold us responsible for what we see 
we're just two idiots talking about chemistry. <laughs> okay. But anyway, the point is an atom is an atom, and then mm-hmm. it doesn't become an element until we observe that pattern and categorize with that specific pattern. And, you know, we're talking about protons, neutrons, electrons. In the case of atoms, they've obviously determined... uh, uh, I I should stop talking about chemistry. (laughs) (laughs) If you run into another problem? (laughs) Yeah, I'm still stuck on the neutrons. But anyway, the point is that when you zoom in so far, things become less and less distinct. And like if you're talking about atoms, it's more and more difficult to tell an atom apart from another atom. And then if you zoom in even further to an electron, electrons, I you know, I can't come up uh, off the top of my head. Like I can't delineate electrons like we can delineate elements so you know electrons are more uniform and they're all the same so there's less of uh, there's less categorizations that we're aware of now that we're able to observe so i'm and man this is just a really long roundabout way to try to illustrate that things in reality are just things and they're there and they're not really anything until humans put some kind of meaning to it so uh, yeah i mean that's what i was trying to get across i don't know isn't that what i I said (laughs) yeah i guess basically i was just kind of trying to insert different perspectives okay well let me um follow up and say that we were both wrong oh because the atomic number is protons oh i was kind of thinking that okay i don't want to get um, i don't want to get caught in that thought cycle but anyway it's the whole notion that we put constraints on things that aren't inherently constrained mm-hmm. and so i'm like i like this quote because it just goes on to elaborate the transition that I've been going through in terms of in terms of kind of like uh, getting more in tune with my emotions and letting go of these constraint constraints and abstract or not abstract but artificial constructs that mm-hmm. we've developed and put on things and just letting go which i've talked about before the whole concept of letting go and not adhering so much to these supposed dues of you know how you're supposed to act or how you're supposed to be or what you think others people think you're supposed to be doing so i'm getting more comfortable with the taoistic way of being more intuitive and going with the flow and seeing where my emotions and creativity go and kind of come out 
uh, as I try to assert myself. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if <laughs> listeners can hear that, but that's one of our neighbor's loud cars. Anyway, um, yeah, go ahead. My mind is yeah. all mixed up right now. <laughs> well, the, um, so the first few lines of that quote, um, I, I feel like are a little bit confusing for me as a very like practical person. It's hard for me to um, wrap my head around, you know, colors blinding the eyes. But the last line is what got me, which what, I mm. think it was that thoughts wither the heart. Is that what thoughts, it was? Thoughts weaken the mind desires wither the heart. Okay. So desires wither the heart. I thought that that was really apropos for what I was talking about at the beginning where I have been um, anxious about uh, the future and like getting where we want to be and that that has been um, like negatively impacting how I'm feeling right now. So the mm. desires have been withering my heart <laughs> because mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm wishing for something that we don't ha that isn't reality right now. Right, right. Yeah. Great example. Uh, because obviously when you get into desires, uh, they're derivatives of thought and thinking is a derivative of putting boundaries on things and labeling things and, mm. you know, trying to connect things. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, it's virtually impossible for humans not to do these things. Of but course. the point is that we are in such a vicious cycle of doing thing these kind of things. And if we're mindless about it and mindless about where this information is coming from and where these thoughts are coming from and how they're cultivating your present thought patterns. Uh, for example, like I mentioned before, you know, if we're if you're starting with an incorrect piece of data and you're building on top of that, then your whole structure is unsound. It's suboptimal and mm -hmm. it's based on a faulty foundation. And so we need to be mindful of what is actually out there and you know what's actually out there is not really defined it's random and it's expansive and it's all interconnected and so it's this notion that i've been transitioning into more and more and that i've been able to uh, bring into mind and be mindful of more more and more and it's just all related to the headless way and the process of transitioning into the seer and my model and thoughts on the vast awareness systems and systems in general like the system's perspective and integrating subsystems with the super systems and so it's just kind of uh really profound perspective and I need to get better at articulating this stuff because I what I want to do is try to help other people achieve this perspective and cultivate it so yeah I'm just trying to figure out how how I'm getting into it and what I'm experiencing and how it's coming out and trying to relay it to others 
Would you be able to explain a little bit or give examples of how it has changed how you think or feel or like why this has been beneficial for you? Yeah, and that's a great question because it goes into something else that's been nagging at me this past week. And it has to do with getting into this creative flow or a creative flow state, which I'm still struggling with a bit because it's just such a different mindset than I've been in before. And I still have a lot of letting go to do, per se. And I still find that I have strong tendencies to be methodical and analytical and objective with my creative stuff. And I think that's, uh, I, I'm, I've been trying to deconstruct the obstacles and the struggles that I've been experiencing lately. And I think that has a lot to do with it. Like I get into these holes and cycles of trying to optimize a particular thing. And, you know, I may get a handle on that or I may conquer that and then see that the next piece isn't as optimized and or I'm not at that level or a similar level. So I continue that cycle with every little piece. And then when I go back to revisit one of the first pieces, it's that's behind the, you know, in terms of the level of um, uh, the quality. Yeah, <laughs> the level, <laughs> level of quality in terms of the piece that I just finished with. So, you know, I'm continually improving my processes with every little piece, but then there's so many pieces that, uh, you know, I, I can just continue this cycle in, infinitely, continuously. You're, you're stuck it, in a perfectionism trap. Right, right, right. So, I'm trying to call up this intuition and innate kind of emotional creativity more and just kind of like go a little more and not get into those objective cycles and just let go a little more and and that's why i i think that's why the uh that's why Taoism's talking to me a little bit in terms of going more with the flow and being more intuitive and taking things as it is and seeing things as it is and yeah just letting go basically I, I keep saying that and i keep reiterating that but it's difficult when i've been operating in the other mode for such a long time but i feel like i'm getting there and i am noticing improvements and like i said you know i'm able to call up the headless way and the perspective of the seer more and more often when i need to so yeah i think it's uh just kind of working on that those kind of things and realizing that kind of thing and just kind of coaching myself through it that's 
put me into like this weird flux over the past week or so. But yeah, that's where I'm at now. And that's what I'm working on. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. So. Well, this is a little more practical, but um, if other people are identifying with what you're talking about with um, getting, you know, like into the weeds with stuff and like trying to make it perfect or um, like kind of getting caught in this, this cycle of, of constantly improving. um, I struggle with the same thing. And my coach asked me to define perfection Mm. and you can't because it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whatever project you're working on, if you try and define perfection and you realize that you can't, that is helpful because then you realize that you're aiming for something that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. But then also if you um, picture like what would be like what you think you're trying to reach and then think about whether you, like what you would do when you got to that point. And for people who are like truly like perfectionist and overachievers, when they got to that point, it still wouldn't be satisfying. They would, mm. they would try and, and reach another level and another level. And you start realizing that you can never get out of this cycle. Mm. You just have to quit at some point. And I don't mean quit in the sense of like stop producing, but like you just have to make the deal with yourself that like this, right. this is enough. Right, right. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's great advice. And I, maybe I can try incorporating my vast awareness framework because I've been thinking about this lately and uh, more pieces seem to be coming together. And I think what I've settled on the acronym being is values in action over systems and time. And so when I'm thinking about my values of optimizing and being a perfectionist and, you know, getting the highest quality out of my work and thinking about that in the perspective of systems. And when I talk about systems, the I think the most pertinent system is obviously the human system and the social system. So the human system being... Uh, you, the human, and your subsystems, and then the super system being your social system. And so, when I think about my values of wanting the highest quality for my work and think about that in terms of the super system or my social system, it's because I want to be perceived as someone who does quality work and, mm-hmm. you know, who does optimal stuff and the work is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) But in terms of the systems and also time, the whole point of this awareness framework is to balance these dimensions and to get yourself into the middle of the the momentum wave. And, um, or, uh, sorry, not just that, but get yourself toward a balance of integration between both sides. So I'm talking about the super system, which is my social system and how I want people to perceive me as doing good quality work. I need to balance that with my own system 
And so we need to integrate that. So where is my value or what is my value in action for myself? So why do I want to be perceived as someone who does good quality work? And so my value in that sense is in knowledge and in being knowledgeable and obviously I want to be perceived as knowledgeable, but that's, again, that's considering the super system. What's in it for me is having knowledge and being able to help people. Obviously, so, I mean, helping people again is part of the super system, but that's also my own value. It's that's going to help me because that's what I want to do and that's how I want to assert myself and how I want to plug into the society. So so with those two ends of the spectrum in mind, how do I integrate those and be able to help people and also provide quality work? And if I'm just focused on being perfect and providing quality work, I'm not going to be able to help people, you know, if the work doesn't come out and if it's, you know, if I'm stuck in that cycle. So I have to maintain mindfulness of the other side where I want to assert myself and integrate those two sides. So there's a balance. So I can realize that I can't get stuck in that cycle of perfectionism. Otherwise, I won't reach balance there. So, yeah, I I mean, that's uh, how I see the vast awareness framework kind of working out. And that's kind of what helped me, this framework and the thought process that it put me in is kind of what helped me realize my tendencies and how my tendencies still tilt toward the super system. And so I still need to assert myself more. And then, you know, of course, self-assertion and your self-identity correlates with your emotions. And this side also correlates with your creativity. And so I guess we're all kind of circling all the way back to the notion of me asserting myself and trying to tap into this creative side and let go and go with the flow and not be tied to artificial constructs. Uh, And also understand that you could work on one thing for the next 50 years (laughs) and still not have it perceived the way you want. Oh, good point. You have absolutely no control. You could be the smartest person in the world. You could craft the most amazing piece of music and then put it out. And once you have put it out, you have absolutely no power in how it's received or how you are perceived. Right, right. Yeah, that's interesting. But at least on that end, you're asserting yourself creativity or cre- right. creatively yeah yeah that that's what i'm i'm reinforcing that you need to put yourself out there right. and and not be worried about how it's perceived right you got to let go yeah. of 
how the super system's going to affect you. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, um, shoot, what's her name? The the woman that wrote um, Eat, Pray, Love. I'm totally blanking on her name, but I love um, one of her books about creativity. And she says that um, is, is when you're writing a book, it's yours. But as soon as you release it, it's theirs. It's the reader's. Uh, you, have, you have no ownership of it anymore. So you can't have any, you can't really take any stock in the reviews or how they feel about it because once they read it, it's theirs because they're mm-hmm. the ones experiencing it. Elizabeth Gilbert. Elizabeth Gilbert, yes. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, so. We can end things there this week. Cool. And yeah, I'm. I don't know. Do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? Mm, not really. Anything <laughs> going on with the stars and planets? Um. Well, there is. So right now, the sun is in Libra, and it is squaring Jupiter in Capricorn. So both of the planets are not really happy where they're at right now, and hmm. there's tension between them in those two signs. So, um, but with that combination, there, there's a lot of interpretations, but one of them could be um, overextending yourself and overcommitting, hmm. taking on too much. Um, it could potentially be good in the long run because it, Capricorn is really about like achieving long-term goals, but right now you could like way overextend yourself and, and end up in a situation where you've got too much on your plate. Hmm. So that's going on right now. And then um, I pulled a tarot card for our show before we started, and I got the death card, which sounds really scary, but it's actually, think of it as the chrysalis. So it's actually the the rebirth. So Hmm. it's the the huge transformation and the like letting go of the old body so that you Hmm. can transform into the new and become something better. Ah, is it like the rising of the phoenix? Yeah, sort of. Okay, (laughs) I like it. I thought that was apropos for talking about, you know, letting go of all this stuff that is holding you back so that you can become the new creative you. Yeah, definitely. I like it. (laughs) Perfect way to end things this week. So, Pam, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter where I am at Pamela underscore Lund. And you might be able to find me on Twitter at CK Disco. And so thank you for listening in this week. And thank you to Pam for joining me as always. Mm -hmm. And I hope you come back next week and keep on practicing. Toodaloo!